Jared, if you could own any type of bird, what type of bird would you own? I'd own an ostrich. Why an ostrich? Because it's the most unique, it doesn't fly. It feels like it would poop all over your house though. But you can like go on amazing races with it. You could also sell it for meat when it gets old. So that's a bonus. It's true. Built like the way you think. Thing. Talking of controversial subjects, Sia Khaleesi is now playing for the Sharks. How do you feel about it? I feel like it's the best decision he's ever made. Really? I don't have strong feelings about rugby, so I can't say that I'm leaning either way. But I love the fact that the Stormers always felt like the underdogs, and he's playing for the underdogs. Are Stormers underdogs? I don't know, but you'd have to ask Kyle that one. Kyle is at the back, and he is glaring at us. He is staring so hard at us because he knows. <laughs> <laughs> we are in week four of this series. It's wild to think about that already. Your week four, and we're talking on hope. And it's going to be good. So I want to do a quick recap of the last three weeks. We first spoke about hard times and hard realities. And we faced the fact that life has been really tough with lockdown. Then we spoke about inside out and realizing that we actually need to process some of the things that we go through. We spoke of the five stages of grief. That was a really good one. And then we said do hard things. And sometimes processing grief, holding on to hope, those things are hard. Yeah. And we encourage them to have grit. And then this week, we're speaking about hope. Come on. I so, had a friend called Hope once. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it was a girl. <laughs> we hope so. <laughs> so here's where, here's where I want to know. You know that sometimes there's just some songs li- that you listen to that get you so pumped up? Bro, I have mine. And it's like the one I used to jam so hard before hockey games with my dad. What song is that? It is the ultimate Thunderstruck. Thunderstruck? Bro, it used to get me so hyped before games. Dude, I grew up in a house that I thought Thunderstruck was, like I thought ACDC was from the devil. I don't know why, because my dad actually really likes ACDC, but for some reason I grew up in some Christian community that thought all those songs were super weird. Interesting. So I legit listened to none of them until I left home at like 19. I always felt like I could run through a brick wall afterwards. My go-to song was Eye of the Tiger. Whoa. Because I used to watch the Rocky movies. Oh, yes. So uh, when I ran cross-country, I would warm up listening to Eye of the Tiger. Did you run upstairs? <laughs> I didn't. I would just run laps. <laughs> the running upstairs, actually, sometimes I did. Sometimes I did. But here's the question that we want to ask everyone. What is your hope in? Because our hope can be in, like, our test results. Our hope could be in winning sports events. Our hope could be in uh, our hope could be in people around us. Yeah. And the real question is, is your hope in something that's not going to fade away? And so uh, it's a little bit like listening to that song because you listen to that song and you get so pumped up and you get ready to like smash your workout, get ready to smash whatever you're going to do. But when the song stops, suddenly your motivation stops as yeah. well. That's actually why my coach never let us run with music in our ears. So interesting. Because he said, you'll run a different time the moment you take music out of your ears. Yeah. And so, is your hope like that, that just gets you, is, is your hope in something that just gets you pumped up, that when you take it away, it's suddenly gone? Or is your hope in something that's going to last forever? So it's a great conversation today, but we want you guys to ask this question first. What is your favorite Get Pumped Up To song? Go. So the first point we want to jump into is actually just speaking about a characteristic of God, that God is good. And the minute we can start believing that God is good, 
is the minute we can start believing that he has good things in mind for us, that he has goodness for us. Because we can be facing this really hard reality and we can be looking at the circumstances um, that's in front of us and being like, it's, it's a really impossible thing. But the minute we start believing that God has goodness on the other side of that, or that God has goodness in that moment, that he wants to give so much to us that we can understand and grasp that, that that's something that builds hope inside of us. It gives us that momentum to keep going forward. Um, and I just want to jump into a passage here, Ben, quickly. It's Psalm 103, verse 8, um, and it says, The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. Sure. And so that, that's in the NIV, and I know you have it in another version. I love the Passion Translation. It says, Lord, you're so kind and tender-hearted, even to those who don't deserve it. So patient with people who fail you. Your love is like a flooding river, overflowing its banks with kindness. You don't look at us only to find our faults, just so that you can hold a grudge against us. You may discipline us for our sins, but never as much as we really deserve. Sure. And uh, for me, I love that because um, I can have hope in something that's fickle, like my ability to do something. Yeah. Or uh, I can have hope in the government, or I can have hope in... Um, a political party or a certain school, but actually all of those things are man-made and will fail, but there's one thing that will never fail me, and that's God. Yeah. And the character of God is that he is kind and gracious. And so that thing, I can put my eternal hope in. Yeah. So I think the next thing is to ask the question. The question that we want to ask you guys is, tell us about a time you experienced the goodness of God. Yeah, tell us. Tell us like a, a moment in your life where you, um, you just knew that that was something God was doing. It was either supernatural or actually it was something so natural, but you just felt like he was really kind and good in that moment. something that's eternal yeah not hope in mcdonald's mcdonald's is not eternal sorry bella archibald <laughs> don't know why i feel like lots of people have hope in mcdonald's right now it's just been around forever bro it's true man i remember my first ever mcdonald's happy toy happy meal toy was from the tarzan movie what i don't remember my first i think i remember mine was like this little bowling alley that you'd like push the button and it just send the They still do Happy Meals. I think so. I want to get a Happy Meal just so I can have that toy. It, it feels worth it. Here's what we want to say is that hope, you want to have hope in something eternal. Yeah. But we're not saying just because you have hope in God that life is going to go perfect. Right? In fact, Jesus says in this life you'll have trouble, you'll have trials, you'll have tribulations, but take heart. For I have overcome the world. Yeah. Come on. So this is point number two. Life is going to have disappointments and struggles. Our faith in the character of God and what he can do in our life needs to be bigger than anything we're facing. Yeah. And I think the perfect story for that is David and Goliath. Sure. Like right in front of Israel, 
um, they, they're facing this massive obstacle. Yeah. And everyone is terrified of this guy. No one wants to even come close to him because they're too scared to fight him. But here comes this little meek boy who like just comes up to this guy and, and he knows and he is so confident in who his God is and that he will always come through. Yeah. That he goes and faces the giant in his life and in, in a physical form and in also in, in a spiritual form mm. that actually like there's this really big obstacle that's, that's oppressing. And so the minute he puts his faith in God and he puts his trust in God, like the reality is he was looking at something so much bigger than, than what was right in front of him. Yeah. Because the reality is God is so much bigger than our circumstance. God is so much bigger and so much more good than, than what the world could ever offer. It's so real. I love the comparison of Saul in that story because it yeah. says in Samuel that Saul was the tallest and the most handsome, which as the tallest means he was the biggest, and that means that he was Israel's like premier warrior. He was yeah. the top dude. So he should have been fighting Goliath, but he looked at his own strength and his own ability, and he saw it was lacking. Uh, but David wasn't big. He wasn't yeah. old. In fact, he was the youngest son of a massive family. He had no reason to have any confidence other than the fact that he had hope in how big his God was. Yeah. So, I love what, uh, what John 10.10 10 says. It's one of my favorite verses. Uh, the devil has come to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that you might have life, and life in abundance. Yeah. And so right there we have the conflict between what the devil's doing in our life and what God wants to do in our life. And so the devil is going to try to rob us of our joy, our hope, and our peace. Yeah, and I think it's so important that we become aware of it. Um, because it can be, we can be caught off, so, off guard so easily if we're not aware of of what the enemy is fighting up against us. Because he doesn't want us to be happy. He doesn't want us to be in that full life that God promises us. Yeah. Well, he will, he will offer us something that will look like happiness yeah. that only leads to destruction. Um, and so I really think that that is, like, it gives us the opportunity to look at perspective, yeah. you know. And so we either put our hope and our eyes on Jesus, or we put our hope onto things that fade away or what the devil says will last, like money or cars or boys or girls or any of those things that fade away. And so here's the question we want you to discuss with your group. We want you to tell your group when you, um, of a time when you found hope in a really hard reality. Like what's the time that you faced a Goliath in your life, but you still found hope in that reality because you, you were seeing something bigger. Yeah. Do you know what's really hard? What's really hard, Ben? Is choosing what to eat when you're hungry. Yo, it is so real. It's like one of the biggest conflicts in any household. I don't, un I don't understand why, because when you're hungry, you should just want to eat whatever's in front of you, like the sooner, you know? But I always find when, I, when I'm so hungry, I get to a point where I don't know what to eat, and so I get hopeless. And then I feel like there's just no food, or I feel like, like I literally, I pre-make a choice about what I'm going to eat. Yeah. Like I know if I ever get to a point where I'm so hungry that I can't think straight, I'm going to go to the kitchen, I'm going to boil an egg, and I'm just going to smash a boiled egg because then after that, I can think straight. <laughs> so we want to talk about choice. Yeah. Because sometimes you need to choose things before the pressure gets to you. 
Because if you're going to try to choose in a moment, mm. you're not going to make a wise choice because the moment's too hectic. But if you've chosen before that moment comes, yeah. so it's a bit like the devil's going to come try to steal your joy, but you want to choose before the devil comes to steal your joy what your response in that moment's going to be. Yeah. And one of my favorite quotes in my life is, your attitude determines your altitude. Yeah. Um, how high you go is dependent on the perspective and the attitude you have towards it. If you're going to be getting negative, you're going to be giving the devil the keys. Yeah. Not, not in the sense that like, you, you're going to go after him, but like, actually like, you're going to allow that influence where it says in John 10, 10, where it says the devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And so it's, it's going to be heading down a path where it's going to allow things in your life to be destroyed. Um, and so we can't be choosing pessimism. We have to get aggressive. Like we have to get really aggressive about choosing hope. That's so good. Yeah, I've got to get aggressive with choosing hope. You've got to get fierce over choosing hope before you're in a situation where it feels like hope's impossible. Yeah. I love that. Uh, I really, I think uh, it's important that you know that you get to choose to have hope, joy, and peace. And those are things that you can fight for and steward in your life. Yeah. And so if you, every time you have a break in your life, you are finding peace by like listening to music or watching uh, crazy TV and you're never figuring out how to steward peace with just you and the Lord. Yeah. It means that when those things get taken away, that you actually don't have any peace or joy or hope that lasts. And so we, we, like, we need to live with the reality that we know Jesus inside of us is greater than anything outside of us. And I love the way you put it. Um, your inside is greater than anything the world has on the outside. Yeah. Well, it's what the Lord puts inside of you. It's, it's 1 John 4, 4. It says, you dear children are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. Yeah. So how do we steward and manage our internal reality, our hope system inside, so that it's greater than the giants we face in the world outside? Yeah, I think that there's a big balance because hope is something we have to generate. It's, it's something that, that's a gift from God that He gives us. But if we don't choose to go after that gift, if we don't choose to partner with that gift, yeah. I don't know how much of it you're going to see in your life. That's really good. Sure. Uh, you've written this. It's already in you, but are you willing to let it come out of you and become an unstoppable force that drives you, powers you, uh, as the result of knowing who he is. Yeah. So knowing the characteristic that God is good yeah. and that my hope is in him, am I willing to let that be the main motivation and drive in my life? Over everything else that I could possibly choose to rely on, am I willing to say that, God, you're the one thing that I'm always going to rely on. You're the one thing that's going to be my foundation, my solid source. And uh, Hebrews 6.19. Oh. One of my absolute favorite verses. Um, it's, it's something I want to get tattooed one day. Come on. Um, and it says, We have this hope as an anchor for our soul that is firm and secure. And so hope doesn't just like, come from the Lord. It's, it's something that, that He gives to us, that we plant in our lives, and it makes us firm and secure. I love the image of an anchor on a ship. I know it speaks about anchoring the soul here, but actually like an anchor on a ship. Yeah. 
No matter what storms it's facing, when it is anchored, it is not going to be moved. It can be shaken and, and tossed about, but it will never move. And so when we allow God to put that hope inside of us, it anchors something inside of us. It anchors that faith in, in the character of God's goodness. It anchors us and it drives us and it keeps us in position with Him because we know that when we have hope that we can keep moving forward. That's really good. That's so good. And I love the analogy of a, of a ship because um, a ship can feel really safe in the harbor where the waters are still, but ships weren't built for the harbor. Yeah. They were built for the open ocean where the sea is rough. And so when you're in the open ocean, you need an anchor. You need something that's going to secure you. And that's hope, and that can only be hope in a rock that will never move. And that yeah. rock has to be Jesus Christ. Come on. So the last question we want you guys to answer in a group this week is tell your group what is one thing that this week you can choose hope in and, what it, and, and how you're going to do that this week.